Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're having a wonderful morning or day, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. I want to start with Isaiah 51.6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Amen. Isaiah 51, 6. Uh, friends, just a few quick announcements before we get to our guest, J.B. Hickson. Um, we have that information on the Calvary Chapel um, Bible Drive in Appleton, Wisconsin, if you're in the area. You can drop off new or used Bibles there. They're going to be shipped out to a mission cry over in Michigan. They've got uh, places all around the country, I mean, all around the world, actually. They've got distribution sites. They distribute Bibles to um, orphans, uh, pastors in poor countries, missionaries, and people that don't have Bibles. They've been doing this since 1956 at Mission Cry. So locally, regionally, in uh, Wisconsin in Appleton. If you want to drop off your Bibles there at Calvary Chapel Appleton this month, they're going to do this until the end of March. So any information, you can t- contact the church there. Also, I want to thank everybody who's been uh, not only listening and sharing the podcast, but we really appreciate your prayers, and we are listener-supported. So thanks for the financial support. And when you donate to Stand Up For The Truth, you are supporting Lakeshore Communications Incorporated, Q90FM, the ministry that produces the show. And a couple new um, donors uh, last week from states that we had not received donor- donations from, Maryland and West Virginia. Welcome to the Stand Up For The Truth team. And now we're down to just eight, I think. We have we are at 40, 42 or 43 states that have. We have listeners there but have donated. Um, now I know there are listeners in other places that have not donated, but I'm looking at the list here of Connecticut, Hawaii, Kansas, which is surprising to me. Kansas, no donations came from Kansas. Louisiana, Maine, Rhode Island, Utah, and Wyoming. It's so glad to be able to read a short list. So uh, thank you so much again for your prayers, for your support. And uh, now I just want to bring in our guest today. Lots to talk about, about how the fog is lifting. J.B. Hickson, author, conference speaker, pastor, Plum Creek Chapel near Denver. And uh, he's founder of Not By Works Ministries and the latest books, Volume 1 and 2, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. J.B., welcome back, brother. Hey, David, great to be with you. Hope things are going well for you. Yep, before we get to the topic and uh, the urgency of the hour, uh, you sent an email to me and we were discussing back and forth some uh, things to, to just share today and talk about. Uh, you had me at the urgency of the hour because we have to be getting close to the return of Christ with everything that's going on. And uh, we're going to talk about how Bible prophecy, prophecy is being fulfilled and uh, the how Daniel and the prophets and the, the writers of Scripture 
I had no way of understanding John, what he wrote in Revelation. But, JB, let's get an update on your ministry. You've been speaking a lot and traveling quite a bit since we've had you on last, so tell us about your uh, recent uh, ventures. Yeah, thanks, David. We uh, we had a good uh, trip to Orlando. I spoke there at the Orlando Prophecy Summit and uh, also at a, a solo conference there in Claremont at Liberty Baptist Church. A shout-out to our new friends there at Liberty Baptist. Uh, but yeah, the Lord opened some great doors there, had a great uh, time of ministry, and boy, I was like a kid in a candy shop at the Orlando Prophecy Summit, sponsored by Prophecy Watchers. Mm. Uh, just a lot of the guys that I've looked up to for many years and followed their teaching. I got to sit in on some of their sessions as well, and it was uh, it was just an honor to be uh, kind of included in that group. What a blessing. I've seen uh, just some interviews with you. I don't know how when you were there, but I saw Lamb and Lion Ministries. You did an interview with them. Uh, was that in the recent uh, month or two? Yeah, I think they dropped that one here the last month or so. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, Nathan was at this conference in Orlando. Got right. to spend some time with him. Great friend, great man mm. of God. Really appreciate his ministry as well. Yeah, and you did. Now, we're going to get into an article over at Harbinger's Daily that you wrote called The Fog is Lifting. Prophecies that seemed far-fetched, even impossible, are now easily understood. Um, and you were talking about driving across the Sierra Nevada um, in California, and you were there heading up to speak to another conference, or uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so that's been a couple of years ago, but I was uh, speaking at a church in Fresno, okay. and uh, my family was with me, as they usually are, and uh, beautiful area. We've been down there a few times through the years for different events, and uh but yeah, you know, I, I kind of was thinking back on that experience as we got higher and higher. Uh, this this really thick, dense fog um, kind of enveloped the road, and you could really only see uh, eight or ten feet in front of you. Wow. And uh, as we started our descent on the western slope, it 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 went away. It wasn't so much that it went away, but it you know we got out of it, so to speak. And it just I just got to thinking about Daniel's words in Daniel chapter twelve mm. um, about how the closer we get to the end times the clearer God's revelation is going to become. In other words, Daniel and some of his contemporaries really couldn't possibly have understood all the details of the prophecies that God gave. In fact, Daniel said that. He said, although I heard, I did not understand, mm-hmm. Daniel 12, 8. Yep. And, but the closer we get, David, to the end times, the more clear it all becomes, and we can begin to connect dots that we never thought were possible before, and it's and I believe the fog is lifting. I think we're living in the last of the last days. And I also love the second part of that verse, uh, Daniel 8, after he said, um, as for me, I heard, but I could not understand. So I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? <laughs> so he was going, yeah. boy, if all this is, your, if what you're telling me is going to happen, what will be the outcome? And that's uh, what we I'd like to talk about today with you. And um, we have a lot Obviously, that has been fulfilled. We see a lot of prophecies and and things you mentioned um, in the article that uh, well, you know, Daniel experienced a sense of bewilderment. This is this is these are your words as God revealed to him details about the future tribulation period and coming messianic kingdom. And as you said, um, he could only be a faithful, really instrument of God and write down what he was hearing because there there was. Really, no way he could possibly understand what he was writing down. Yeah, I mean, you know, for example, um, you know, we see things happening like the digital IDs and the central bank digital currencies. And I'll be mm-hmm. talking more about uh, 
setting the stage economically tomorrow night at our Tuesday prophecy night. But, you know, there's no way Daniel could have uh, predicted that. And yet, you know, he does talk about the power and control of the anti, the future Antichrist or, you know, things like in Revelation when the Antichrist dies and comes back to life, or at least so they say. Uh, how is that possible? Well, now with you know, the transhumanist biodigital convergence and uh, artificial intelligence, those types of things uh, become <clears throat> more possible to mimic. And, and, uh, and then, of course, the big one is, uh, you know, Israel becoming a nation again. For 1,800 years or so, uh, when the Bible predicted things about Israel and the temple and the throne and the sacrifices and all of that, nobody really could understand how that could be possible because there was no Israel on the map. But yet now, as of 1948, the closer we get to the end times, like Daniel 12 says, that fog is lifting and we can begin to see how these things will unfold. I want to talk a little bit more about that, what you just shared, because of the question you ask in the article, how can the Antichrist desecrate the temple in Jerusalem when there was no Israel on the map for more than 1,800 years? Because as of, of course, 1948, they became a nation, but before that, um, people could have said, oh, come on, an antichrist, you know, desecrating the temple in Jerusalem. There is no temple because there's no Israel. So that must have been a fascinating period of time uh, just for those who were students of the Bible and prophecy. And you're almost thinking, all right, this is God says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then here came 1948, right? But talk about that when the prophecies were in Scripture and then leading up to the time where, all of a sudden, the, there's this regathering, and the nation was formed in Israel in 1948. Yeah, I mean, that was quite a time uh, prophetically. First of all, it, it really validated and vindicated a lot of dispensational scholars who had been saying, uh, you know, for 2,000 years that there's going to be a two-phased return of Christ, um, once for the church, and then again to set up his kingdom on earth for Israel, and a, and a global kingdom at that. And, you know, a lot of times people say mistakenly that dispensationalism is something that just started in the 1800s. That's been patently proven false again and again. I did some work on that in my Ph.D. studies to show that for every century from the first century forward and the time of Christ, uh, there have been there is a record in the, the you know written corpus of documents of people referring to a two faced coming. So it's not new. Uh, what happened in the 1800s is after. Um, the Reformation and people began reading the Bible for themselves and the proliferation of, you know, the Bible conference movement. Uh, people really began to latch on to that teaching and it became much more popular and much more predominant. But obviously God's Word teaches the rapture. Uh, it teaches the second coming, two separate events. Um, but what happened in 1948 really uh, sort of validated those who had been saying God has not forsaken Israel. Mm. And it also... It's quite interesting, David. It it it, it spawned a uh, really a uh, onslaught, if you will, of Bible prophecy books by people who began to, I think, make some not always accurate connections with Israel and with some of the teachings uh, mm -hmm. there in the Olivet Discourse, and began to suggest that within forty years of Israel becoming a nation, Christ would return, and and things like that. Because you know it was it was such a momentous occasion that it just caused a lot of Bible prophecy students to start to speculate, which is something we want to guard against even in our own day. Mm. Uh, we want to let the Bible speak for itself and not set dates and, and sensationalize 
but yeah, it's a, it's exciting time to be alive for sure, and uh, we are really eagerly awaiting, as Paul tells us, to the return of our Lord. Amen, amen. I want to ask you something that's really interesting. Uh, one difference between uh, Daniel and what John writes in Revelation. Um, if you go to a, well, a great scripture, Revelation twenty two twelve, Jesus said, "Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me." to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. But before he says that, and this is John writing, um, and he said to me in verse 10, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Now, as most of us understand, uh, students of Bible prophecy and and Scripture, in Daniel, uh, God says, Seal it up, right? And in John, in uh, Revelation, uh, John is told, "Do not seal up the words." I would love to just share your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. Again, it goes back to what Daniel was saying in in chapter twelve that for Daniel's to people and other prophets, by the way, in my article, uh, I talk about uh, uh, one of the other Old Testament prophets there. Uh, and and so, you know, Daniel, in, in their day, it was sealed up. It was something that they just had to take on faith mm. and trust that, uh, you know, God's Word was going to be true. Amos was the other prophet. I couldn't think of it for a second <laughs> there. But Daniel and Amos both yeah. kind of talk about how people will be running frantically to and fro, trying to figure things out and understand what in the world does this mean, searching for knowledge. And yet uh, they, they won't be able to find out until uh, the end. But mm. in Revelation, we find that the end has come. And so after the rapture, during the tribulation period, uh, people will have a much clearer picture of the things that even today from our perspective, uh, the seal, trumpet, and bold judgments, for example, how precisely those will unfold. Uh, you know, people talk about different, you know, things like nuclear war that might be a way in which some of those prophecies are fulfilled. Um, uh, economic collapse, uh, obviously the digital ID system to mm-hmm. correspond to the mark of the beast. Uh, but uh, at some point, it's going to happen, and it will no longer be sealed. So, JB, I know you th- you write in your books, your Volume One and Two of Spirit of the Antichrist, just extensively on this Luciferian conspiracy, the globalists, those who are trying to roll out this new world order. You write so much about that. Um, that's really in play right now. Um, how does that? A play into what we're talking about when we go back to Daniel and we look at Revelation and the, the fulfillment of prophecy and what you write about. Yeah, so spiritoftheantichrist.org is a good place for listeners to go if they want to learn more about the content of that two-volume set, spiritoftheantichrist.org. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's helpful when you're studying Bible prophecy to look at things not only from uh, the perspective of what God's going to roll out with the coming kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice, but also from the enemy's perspective. Mm. And there has been a cosmic war raging since Satan got kicked out of heaven uh, between God and, and Satan, in which Satan is trying to cast off the cords of God's control. And um, you know, we read about this conspiracy in Psalm chapter 2. It's a conspiracy between Satan, his uh, demons, and earthly accomplices. And they are desperately trying and have been for 6,000 years to overcome God and uh, you know, claim to be God and take over the world, take over the created universe. And th- this earth is the devil's playground. And so in my books, I kind of uh, demonstrate how a lot of what we see happening with 
uh, groups like the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. uh, and other you know Luciferian uh, you know e- elites uh, is actually snatched from the pages of Scripture and it's setting the stage for this end times prophecy. It's really answering the question that Daniel asked of you know what will the outcome of these things be? How, how can this happen? And uh, so it's important for believers to kind of recognize the playbook. Uh, and they've told us a lot. And so mm. those two books, uh, you know, I have uh, between them over 100 pages of bibliographic citations where readers can do their own research. But it is unfolding rapidly before our eyes as they seek to usher in the new world order. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because uh, a lot of people are finding out now since COVID, right? Since 2020, more people have been waking up. I I, I wished it was a lot more, but there, yet there are some that are starting to pay attention. And let's just talk about for Christians, uh, JB, starting to understand, wow, they, there really is a push for a new world order, for control over all of the nations. And obviously the, the other part of this that we don't talk about enough, I don't think, is that one world religion and, uh, ecumenism and other things. But you write a lot about in, in both of your books. So, I want you to share more about, you know, just give us a little, little bullet points of what you share when it comes to these globalists wanting to control and how that lines up with Bible prophecy and the New World Order. So the spirit of the Antichrist comes from 1 John 4, 3, where we are told that even though, uh, well, John tells us in chapter 2 that even though one Antichrist, capital A, is coming, many Antichrists will come. And then in chapter 4, he says the spirit of that Antichrist is already at work in the world today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they these globalists, these Luciferian elites, are, you know, licking their chops. You know, we have uh, four dogs, David, at our, at our house, and uh, one of them, Gracie, uh, every time we feed her, she just when she sees us going for the food, she just starts to drool. You know, she, she, she's not a Saint Bernard, but she has that kind of drooly look all over. Her. And and I think that the the globalists are drooling; they're foaming mm. at the mouth right now in, in anticipation of what they perceive to be the final phase of this uh, new world order system. And and you know, I talk about it in the book and in some recent uh, conference messages. Uh, by the way, I encourage folks to go to. ProphecyWatchers.org and, and purchase the entire set. There's 38 videos there that they wow. can get. Uh, we don't make any money off of that at all, but it's the, the content of those messages from the conference in Orlando are so powerful. Uh, Billy Crone, um, you know, uh, several other great speakers uh, there, Brandon Holthouse. Uh, I just think every believer needs to listen to some of those things. But I, I spoke twice there, once on the totalitarian tiptoe. Hmm. And as I outlined there, you know they they really believe they're on you know the the one yard line and uh you know the the covid pandemic yeah. uh, some of the other things that they have used as weapons and tools uh, of course it was pre-planned for 22 years as i explained in in volume 1 there's smoking gun evidence that this was a, a, a an intentional rollout uh, to help push them across the finish line but they're they're drooling they're so close they can taste it you know and they they really uh uh, believe blindly, being self-deceived, to take over uh, the 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 reins of control from our Almighty God, which of course they're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of them are surprised at the progress they've made, particularly in the last couple of years since you know the pandemic and and how generally uh, countries and people reacted? Um, people in fear, countries, depending on who was in charge of the country, what kind of government a certain country had, 
do you think the globalists and those like the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab's, the Yuval Hararis, and, and, and others, do you think they were surprised at, because not knowing how the world would respond to COVID and now they, they seem to have gained so much ground since then? Yes. Uh, you know, I think they were definitely surprised at how easily it was to dupe Christians about this. That was what they were concerned about was American Christians. Mm. I think for many countries that long ago kind of ceded their uh, sovereignty, if you will, to uh, the globalists, whether officially or not, uh, I think they kind of expected them to fall right in line. But they were definitely surprised, and they told us they were surprised at how easy it was to get uh, you know conservatives and especially conservative Christians to fall in line. Uh, Klaus Schwab, of course, in his book, The Great Reset, which is all about how they thought the pandemic would create a, a you know a world changing event and and the world would never be the same after that. Um, in his next book, which came out just last year, by the way, the Great Narrative, uh, he actually ratchets up the rhetoric and and talks about how uh, you know they've you know you can just kind of tell reading between the lines how excited they are about how easily they've pushed this forward. And, and consequently, they've upped their timeline. They, they were targeting 2030. And now in some of the uh, things that I've listened to from them, some of the seminars at the World Economic Forum, they actually think they might get across the finish line as early as 2025, 2026. So, wow. um, but I want to mention, too, one other thing real quick about the church and something you said about um, how you know the church is waking up. It is, but of course there's still a lot of sleepy Christians out there. I got an email just this morning uh, from a brother who uh, follows our ministry, and he had tried to show a video. It was actually a Jan Markell video in his Sunday school class, and uh, someone in the class was so bothered by it that they made him turn it off and then reported it to the elders, and then he got called into the elders and questioned by it. And what? Uh, you know, so there's still that sentiment out there of people that are head in the sand, unwilling to see what's happening right before our very eyes. So we need to pray for more believers yes. to do what First Thessalonians five six says and wake up. Do you think that's because maybe you know more than more than what you you just shared? But is that because it was just maybe too heavy, overwhelming, and they couldn't imagine? You know, when you talk about Bible prophecy and what's happening from a Christian perspective, is is that it, or they were just offended for some other reason? I mean, probably a little bit of both. I think it was a heavy topic when you mm-hmm. start talking about the globalists and and what they're trying to do and uh, so forth. And if people have never heard that before, you know, they they mm-hmm. have that reaction. I've seen it for, you know, 15, 20 years yeah, now, I suppose. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, but I've also seen a shift, you know, in the past three or four years, uh, really since 2020, especially, you know, people are more open to it. They, they most people, David, recognize intuitively that something is not right in this world. Mm-hmm. And they may not understand that it's it's part of a Luciferian conspiracy. They may not connect the dots biblically. They may not even be believers, frankly, which is why this creates such an urgency to share the gospel, which is what we're you know kind of focusing on this morning is the urgency of the hour but but still, even unbelievers understand that there's some type of you know deep state or shadow government call it what you want there's something not good mm-hmm. pulling the strings behind the scenes and uh and it's got their attention um do you see in America, uh, as far as the government goes, um, a lot of people are just really saying, hey, we just need a, well, for the church, we need revival. In the government, we just, we, we need, you know, it, people of integrity to run for office. And um, do you think, because I don't think it's possible to go back to where we were 50, 75 years ago, or 
even go on, move on to a place where we've got um, godly leadership. Um, am, am I being too jaded about this? Well, no, I, I couldn't agree more, and I've actually talked about this a lot and gotten kind of some pushback on it. But uh, let's let's start with the big picture. Uh, first of all, you know, we know globally we're not going to see a great end times revival. It's going to be just the opposite. It's a great end times apostasy. People are going to get worse and worse. Uh, Deception is going to get worse and worse, and it won't get better until after the tribulation when Christ comes back to take the throne and, and make all things right once again. Um on, on the national level in America, I do think there are opportunities for believers to make a difference in small uh, group, you know, small areas, uh, small regions, uh, locally. Um, but at the national level, I just don't see us winning this battle at the ballot box. For one thing, as I've documented in Volume Two with my chapter on fake elections. Uh, you know, our vote really doesn't count at the national level anymore. That's been proven time and again. Ever since they went to digital vote tabulations, it's too simple for the powers that be yeah. uh, to rig elections, and, and it's all about selections, not elections. Um, but uh, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do what we can at the local level right. and try to have a voice and make a difference. And there's plenty of stories. You've had people on your show multiple times that have, talked about victories being won and at school board levels and mm-hmm. things like that. So I just don't see a, you know, a massive reversal, of course, at least not biblically, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to be faithful and try to make a difference and, and stand up for the truth. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's why we talk about these things. You know, just to the questions I'm asking you today, we we didn't have a, a guide, a, a bullet point, uh, step-by-step um, of what we wanted to cover this morning. We wanted to talk about prophecy, how things are unfolding, how, as you say, the fog is lifting, more people are starting to pay attention, what's happening generally and how that relates to Bible prophecy. But we didn't have a, an agenda, so to speak. So I'm just asking the question because we want the truth. We want to get different people's perspectives. And for you, uh, one that's, that's studied this for so long and you are so knowledgeable about this, it's not a conspiracy. They actually are pushing this agenda. So it's another, quote, conspiracy that's proven true. Um, and we only have four minutes left in this section, JB. But I wanted to ask you, what about the perversion that we're seeing in not just culture, but the the public schools and about Romans 1 and about saying, you know, a boy can be a girl or a girl can be a boy. There's this confusion we might call a delusion. Um, how is that prophetic or is it? Oh, it absolutely is. I call it the gender surrender movement. And chapter 13 of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume 2, is all about that perversion. Uh, it's the spirit of perversion, uh, one of the spirits of the Antichrist that is prevalent the closer we get to his unveiling after the rapture. Um, I encourage folks to listen to my message that I did last weekend. It's a podcast only, uh, or you can go to Prophecy Watchers and buy the video, but uh, it's called Bloodlust, uh, exposing the Luciferian depopulation agenda. But it's mm. all about the satanic ritual abuse, child sacrifice, uh, docu- well-documented, uh, very powerful information that goes beyond even what I put in chapter 13 of the book. Um, but, uh, you know, the bottom line with gender is, you know, they are trying to create life, and they are attacking the highest pinnacle, the crown jewel of God's creation, mankind. Yep. Only to mankind did God say, you're made in my image. Mm-hmm. We are reflections of God's glory. 
we have the image of God in man. And so by attacking that, and, and part of that, by the way, is gender, Genesis 1, 26, 27, male and female, he created them. So by attacking gender, he's really attacking the image of God in man. And artificial intelligence, David, does not have gender. So he's marginalizing, he being Satan and his Luciferian counterparts, are marginalizing gender and making it sound like something you can pick and choose and change and flip-flop, and if you don't like this gender, you can pick another one, or there's any one of 40 or 50 different gender identities. Uh, and that's just his way of undermining uh, the, the sanctity of life and the image of God and man, uh, and we must stand against it. Hmm. We've got to value life, not just for the unborn, uh, but as I talked about in that presentation, you know, uh, can- Canadians are now just passed a law that uh, allows you, if you feel depressed, you can take your own life yep. legally, and, and they'll help you do it. Uh, so, you know, these are the kinds of things that are more signs of the times that indicate the urgency of the hour. Yeah, you refer to the new um, MAID um, legislation. Yep. It's called Medical Assistance in Dying, and that's in Canada. That's what they are doing now. It's just, And actually, they're trying to make a move to uh, minors. Um, it's just really sad, but it's not surprising because they, they do want to, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I think that sums up a lot of what we're seeing happening, right, JB? We've got to take a break. No, yeah. no question. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, we're looking at 2 Timothy 3, talking about what happens in the last days. I mean, just the, the attitude of, of, of mankind and, and the, the godlessness and lawlessness. But we'll talk about more, um, prophecy, getting back to your article, wrapping up the, there's some thoughts I really like what you say toward the end of it. And again, friend, you can find that over at harbingersdaily.com. JB's latest article is called The Fog is Lifting. And you can check out his ministry at notbyworks.org. A lot more to come straight ahead with JB Hickson on Stand Up for the Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. Daniel 12, verse 8, uh, he asks, uh, kind of astounded what he's hearing and what he's being told to write down, the prophet Daniel. And uh, Daniel 12, verse 8, it says, What will be the outcome of these events? And friends, we are seeing some. We're getting a glimpse of fulfilled prophecy. We're getting a glimpse of the outcome of some of these things that we're seeing, and a lot of people are having a hard time keeping up. We're going to get to that and in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the difference between how a believer looks at these events and how an unbeliever, how they can really be fearful, confusing, and unsettling to unbelievers, and that might open a door for the gospel. We're going to get to that. But two points I want to go back to, and we briefly mentioned revival, JB, and I don't know in the last um, podcast we had with you if we talked about the Asbury revival in Kentucky and some pockets of revival at, at a couple other universities, different places in the country. The church seems to be divided on this. Some are saying, hey, this is a movement of God. Let's go with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just let's flock there and be part of this revival. And then there's others that saying, hey, you know, maybe God is moving. Praise God if people are repenting. But let's just see what kind of fruit comes from this. I would love to hear your perspective. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we need to be very, very cautious. I certainly don't want to pour water on, on the emotional uh, 
you know, uh, sensitivity that people have that were there. I know and watching some of the videos, some of the people clearly it was an emotional time for them. Um, but the thing that I think we got to remember is first down four one, we have to test the spirits. And so, uh, yes. you know, I know it might offend some people when you question these things, but that's exactly what we're told to do. Not mm. everything that glitters is gold. And so, uh, you know, as far as Asbury, um, you know, I find it really puzzling that the Spirit of God would do a mighty move uh, in, in a place that for 130 years has taught a false gospel. And they're still teaching it today. I went to their website, and they're still passionately part of the Wesleyan Holiness Movement that mm. teaches very unapologetically a works-based salvation. Wow. And uh, that's not the gospel. Okay. That's not grace. And so uh, could the Spirit of God move in a mighty way in a place like that? He certainly can, and especially if he's driving uh, those folks back to the Word of God and back to embracing grace and, and the freeness of salvation and all that Jesus did to pay our debt ourselves so that we don't have to work for it. Um, but uh, it's just uh, it's just interesting to me, especially when you look at some of the people that were behind it and some of the people that have spoken there in chapel through the years at that school are you know leading uh, people that we would recognize as false prophets uh, mm. of our day. So, uh, you know, theologically, I would say it's absolutely possible that the Spirit of God can and is moving mightily in various places of the world at any given time. We're not going to see a global, widespread revival prior to the return of Christ. The Bible is also very clear about that. But the Holy Spirit's alive and well. He is working and moving in people's lives individually and in various sectors and and pockets. Um, Is that what was going on at Asbury? Uh, My gut tells me uh, no. I think it doesn't mean that individuals that were a part of that uh, aren't being affected, and hopefully as they get back into the Word of God or get deeper into the Word of God, if they were already in the Word of God, maybe the Lord can use it to mold and shape their thinking more accurately on biblical truth. But I think as a whole, I just have a hard time uh, really validating that, uh, you know, especially when you read some of the statements that are that are coming out of that. Uh, so I hope that doesn't mm. disappoint people, but that's that's my take on it. Well, thank you. Uh, well, again, this is called Stand Up for the Truth, and uh, that's a truthful response. Um, truth doesn't always uh, tickle people's ears, and it's not always pleasant, but uh, nonetheless, we've got to be about God's truth and God's business here, and discerning. Like you said, I think what you said perfectly, test all things. Okay, JB, before we run out of time, we, we do want to talk about the economy and things that are happening worldwide, some of them manufactured, maneuvered by the World Economic Forum and the globalists and what they're trying to do. But we're seeing some of the results of, of this in America and what's happening with the stock market or whatever. I would just love to get your perspective on that and how does that relate to Bible prophecy? Yeah, so I'd love to comment on that. I've been actually studying that a lot over the weekend, as probably many people have, uh, for my Tuesday night, a prophecy night. Now, you know, we do a Tuesday night prophecy night every Tuesday in Denver. You can live stream it at notbyworks.org. It starts at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, but this week we're going to be talking about how the stage is being set economically uh, and addressing some of these things. But most people, I think, by now know that the second biggest bank collapse in U.S. history happened, and according to CNBC's headline, it happened in just 48 hours. One day, folks were uh, were able to get money out. The next day, they weren't. And many startups uh, have lost, you know, lost everything, millions and millions of dollars, uh, $620 billion in losses from that one bank, and then a second one failed yesterday. Mm. Uh, Daily Mail has a, a, an article, you know, 
four biggest U.S. banks lose a staggering $52 billion uh, as the Dow drops wow. 540 points. That's from March 9th. Um, you know, uh, so this is just, I think, a harbinger of things to come. Uh, I've said for years, David, that the U.S. economy is on life support. It's being propped up by the Luciferians intentionally, uh, mm-hmm. that at any moment they could push a button and it would absolutely collapse. Uh, I talk about in my books how they have, they, they've stated that they have to bring down America in order to usher in the one world religious, political, and economic system. America is the one thing standing in the way of the one world system. Uh, and so they're, they're trying hard to bring down our country. And frankly, it's not even that they're trying hard anymore. I think they're ready. They're standing at the ready. It's all about timing. They're just waiting to push a button and it'll, it'll fall apart. And I think a big part of that is economic. And so, you know, the Silicon Valley bank failure, uh, you know, has just had a devastating effect. Some of the videos that you see out there are people, you know, trying to get money out of the ATMs and you can go to CNN business and see a list of the companies that were absolutely uh, obliterated. Uh, So I think it's a code blue really uh, for the U S economy. They haven't declared the time of death yet, but it's a, it's it's coming wow. uh, now. The government, of course, has come out today and said they're going to cover all of those losses, and that's fine. But the government is thirty-two trillion dollars in debt, um, and we can't even come close to uh, recovering that. Uh, that's uh, I forget. I looked at the numbers recently, but I think it's four times the amount of uh, you know the money collected, or maybe a hundred times the amount of money collected from the U.S. taxpayers. In, in income taxes. So, you know, it's uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, and if you count in the unfunded liabilities, it's way more than $32 trillion. It's into the quadrillions of debt. So the, the government can claim to keep printing money uh, to covering these losses like they did for, you know, the big automakers and other, you know, failures in the past going back to 2008. But at some point, uh, it's it's just going to have to dry up and uh, you just can't keep uh, creating money out of nothing. Uh, And so I think it's a sign uh, economically that they're going to one day use this crisis to, you know, force America into a globalist system. Mm. And it sets the stage perfectly for the central bank digital currencies and the, the major shift away from you know, physical money into digital money, which is, of course, laying the foundation for the Antichrist. Fascinating. And, yeah, a little scary, but uh, fascinating. We are getting so close uh, to the end. Um, I want to ask you about our government. You know, you never think they're they're naive or ignorant, right? Because there are evil men put in place in different parts of the government and at every level and they know exactly what they're doing. And one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about, JB, is the amount of money, taxpayer dollars, in the billions that we give to other countries. Uh, for whatever reason, I mean, most recently, Ukraine, billions of dollars. Uh, I, I, I feel for the people there, the church there, people that are really suffering over in Ukraine. Um, but the government is a, a globalist government. Um, Zelensky, it, oh my goodness, talking about evil, but he's portrayed mm-hmm. completely differently in the media. Uh, that's just one example of billions of U.S. dollars going out as if we can afford it. Are, is our government doing this on purpose, or do they really are they really not worried about the debt and where this money comes from? 
Yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, evil forces within our government that are doing it. There is a government behind the government mm. that really runs things. It's uh, it's the Luciferian you know plants, those that uh, that are really pulling the strings. And so, uh, you know, it is funny how we have this selective moral outrage. Yeah. Of, you know, we'll get we'll get you know all uptight about certain uh, human rights atrocities in the world and how America should be helping them, but yet in, on others we're you know quiet as a church mouse. And yeah. so, you know, I, th- I think it just shows if you take the time to look at everything on balance, that you know we are selectively giving our resources, our military troops as well, uh, when it serves our interests, you know, for oil or whatever it might be. Uh, and there's always an agenda behind the agenda. There's, there, it's never about what it's about. And so people need to look beyond the propaganda that they're hearing on the nightly news and really dig a little deeper and realize yes. that, uh, you know, we are part of a larger agenda to usher in a one world system that doesn't mean there's not good godly patriotic you know bible believing christian leaders in various places throughout our country that yes. are doing their best to stem the tide yes but uh, but they're the minority for sure um i want to move on and, and wrap this up but have you seen the disgusting videos of Zelensky um dancing around practically nude um, with this gay men's choir or something like that. Have you seen those? He, I guess he was a dancer or something years ago. Yeah, yeah I have. It's unbelievable. It is. And I said way back at the beginning uh, of the war, I spoke at a conference in Tulsa on uh, Russia, Ukraine, and the New World Order, and I cautioned people then, look, Zelensky is a product of the World Economic Forum. Yep. He's a disciple of Klaus Schwab. He's, a, you know, he's basically plucked from... Uh, you know, a reality TV show as a puppet and put in place. Uh, no matter how sympathetic people try to make him look and how much spin they give it, if you actually take the time to look, yeah. you find out the character of this man, and, and it's pretty disgusting. Thank you. Um, so what we were talking about earlier, how so much is going on, and I think, JB, we can safely say at every level – from the globalists and the the World Economic Forum and, you know, the Great Reset to the pandemic, the medical establishment, to Big Pharma, to Hollywood, to corporations, to our government, to the public schools and academia, the education system, and it flows into culture. Where does it stop? At every level, it can be overwhelming to some if they aren't grounded in the truth of Scripture. So you, you conclude your article by saying at at, at the same time, the landscape of what's going on can be unsettling as we see more clearly what's happening around us, especially for those who do not know the Lord. Now, let's, let's just differentiate, JB, and I'll allow you to share your thoughts on the difference between a Christian looking at these things, a Christian, I might add, who is versed in Scripture and kind of understands the times, versus an unbeliever who is just has no idea where to turn when all, they see all these things happening. Yeah, the events of the last three years have really created an open door for sharing the gospel like never before. Mm. And, and we see this Amen. when world-changing events happen. We saw it after 9-11, for example. And so I think believers need to be ready to, to give an answer uh, as people are unsettled and shaken by these events. And we need to explain to them that God's got this, that this is simply, uh, you know, 
unfolding exactly as Scripture says it would. We know who wins in the end. Uh, we have the resources you know, within God's Word to help us navigate these times. We need to stand on the truth. We need to heed the warning of Proverbs 22.3, that the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. And we need to help folks prepare. Uh, but as folks uh, really begin to wrestle with uh, this awakening that's happening to the dark side and what, what's really out there, uh, we need to come in and remind them that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose again to pay their personal penalty for sin, and that only by faith in Him mm-hmm. can they hope to be forgiven of their sin and have eternal life. And that's what gives us hope. As far as believers, uh, sadly, many believers are still asleep, too, but more and more are waking up. And, uh, you know, I can, I, having been researching and writing about this and speaking about it for many years, I can go back to my first book on the subject back in 2012 called The Great Last Day's Deception. Hmm. And that was met with quite a bit of pushback and uh, scoffing and people saying, there's no way this can be true. And, hmm. uh, but nowadays, uh, you know, I, I'm getting just the opposite. I'm getting people saying, wow, I don't know, you know, how, how I didn't see it. And, you know, I was the same way. I felt angry when I first woke hmm. up to the reality. I mean, I was a died in the wool far-right conservative, Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, Newt Gingrich, the whole, buying the whole party line, hook, line, and sinker. And I was angry at myself when I realized how I had been duped. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are feeling the same thing. And so as believers, it's driving them, or should be driving them, as you say, to the Word. Yes. Uh, you know, as they become well-versed in what God's Word says. Uh, and it's it's just an exciting time to be alive. I mean, I I wish my grandfather, you know, were living in times like this. He b- believed in the rapture and was always looking up and being watchful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet here we are in the midst of it. And uh, and it's just uh, it's a glorious time if, if you know the word of God. Amen, brother. I, I say this so often. I wonder what my great grandparents would think or say if they could live 24 hours in our time, 2020, the year 2023. I wonder what they would think or say. And I think the answer to that, no matter who you are asking about your great-grandfather or great-grandmother, it depends on if they are a believer and if they have been studying the Bible and understand Bible prophecy, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) uh, just like we just said at the start of this last little bit, is that if they're not awake, or if they're not a believer, it it would be extremely unsettling for them. (laughs) But if they were, it would be exciting. Is there anything that um, has ha- has caught you off guard? You are one of the most researched, I think, and studied um, guests that we have on the show when it comes to just putting everything in perspective with the foundation of, of Scripture and truth and the prophetic view, right, of, of all, what's happening around us and around the world. Um, has, have there been anything or things that have caught you by surprise in recent years? I think the biggest thing that has really blown me away is the artificial intelligence and mm. the transhumanism and the chat GPT stuff. I mean, the fact that it's so much further advanced than what we realized, it, it's no longer something that's going to happen in the future. It's happening right now. Mm. And and I think that's that's really caught me a little bit off guard. Yeah. Uh, even since the book came out, you know, the books, the second book's only been out since October. I think we premiered it on your show. Yes. Uh, and And yet... It, things are happening at such lightning <laughs> speed that, you know, already we're seeing, you know, whistleblowers from Google and other places expose some of the things that are happening in the realm of artificial intelligence. And, you know, Yuval Noah Harari uh, said, 
uh, recently, and this is a paraphrase, I've got the exact quote, but uh, he said essentially, we don't need Jesus Christ to give eternal life. A couple of geeks in lab coats can do that in the laboratory. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what they're that's where we're, what they're working on. And so that, to me, has been the, the biggest eye-opener. And, and what it's also done is it's shown me that we are really on the cusp of, of, of the final stages of their rollout, because that's the one frontier that they're trying their hardest to conquer uh, is life. And they'll never be able to create life ex nihilo out of nothing, mm-hmm. but they will imitate yep. the creation of life and redefine what what it means to be human. Yeah, well, isn't Satan the great counterfeiter? Yeah, they will imitate. Yeah, yeah. He can imitate. Um, did, have you seen that, uh, the video or, or article on these artificial wombs and these babies being put in these, they're, they're in there, they're developing in these artificial wombs. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. It's, I actually showed a part of that. It's, it's something out of a sci-fi. Exactly. Movie. I mean, and yet exactly. it's, it's real, you know? So Unbelievable. Ex- explain that, because some people have, first of all, uh, I'm thinking, okay, what would be, uh, not that they don't have the technology, but what would be the motive, unless you're trying to create an army of wh- whatever, they're not human, so an army that will obey what you command them to you. Just your thoughts on that. I think you just nailed it, and, and that's what I've, I've pointed out frequently, is that you know demons and angels do not procreate. So Satan has a limited number of uh, agents in his army. You know, one-third of the angels fell, and so he's got, you know, these fallen angels, demons, uh, these evil spirits that are at his behest. He's mm-hmm. got, of course, the human counterparts, and that's a growing number. Um, but if he's going to to win this battle, he's got to create more soldiers uh, for the dark side. And so I think that's a big part of it. And I think that goes back to Genesis 6 and some of the things that Satan was trying to do even way back uh, then, uh, you know, 2,000 years before Christ. So, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing, uh, you know, what's happening in the spirit realm. And, and, you know, I've often said when things are heating up on earth, never forget that means they're heating up in the heavenlies. And uh, we're just seeing a small glimpse of it. We are, and it's 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 small, but it's it's big enough to make us kind of well to wake some of us up and shake some of us up, I guess. Um, so Amen. yeah, um, so JB, the the book site is spiritoftheantichrist.org? dot org. Yeah, spiritoftheantichrist.org. org, and I know for many of our listeners, they probably already have it or are familiar with it, but mm-hmm. you know, we're picking up new listeners all the time, and so I always like to mention yes. that. They can go to notbyworks.org as well and see a lot of the free stuff that we have there and see the full list of all of our books uh, and resources and DVDs and streaming videos. We have devotionals that we put out that are free, videos that are free, uh, and I encourage folks to tune in uh, tomorrow night as well for Prophecy Night. Uh, that's uh, always a great uh, discussion and, and great time of continuing to, sh- to show that the time is now why Bible prophecy matters now more than ever. So you live stream that as that they can tune into not by works. Yep, notbyworks.org. Click the live stream button. We also post the video afterwards. So if you're not available at six o'clock Mountain, okay. don't worry. We'll usually have it posted by the, by tomorrow evening. Okay. Um, and we also live stream our church services at Plum Creek Chapel. And if you're ever in the Denver area. Or if you live in this metro area, we encourage you to come out on Tuesday nights for Prophecy Night and be a part of the in-person uh, group that gathers there 
uh, for that uh, presentation. Great people. Great family of God you have there, JB. You are blessed. <laughs> we are, and we yeah. know it, and we're so thankful for it. Yeah. Hey, so um, we're well into spring, and I uh, want to ask you what you have coming up You know, in the next uh, couple months. Yeah, so in about three weeks, I'll be up in the Pacific Northwest uh, speaking at uh, a great church, Candlelight Fellowship, my good friend uh, Paul Van Noy, uh, and we've uh, you know gotten to speak there many times through the years, probably 15 or 20 times. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a great place. We, uh, we typically are there uh, around the same time, a lot of, the, a lot of other uh, speakers that uh, you would know, Charlie Kirk and uh, uh, Amir Sarfati and some yeah. of those folks are there. Uh, and so looking forward to that. And in May, we are at the annual uh, Mid-America Prophecy Conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the uh, Sheraton Hotel there. I mean, the uh, Marriott Hotel there. Uh, all of this is listed on our website. Folks can uh, can check out our events page mm. there. Love to have you come in person to any of those events. Yeah, Tulsa in May. Hmm, I'm thinking yeah. about that. All right. Come on down. Yeah, that's a nice. It's a nice place to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that area. You know, um, something about Oklahoma too. I mean, they're doing they're doing a lot of things right. Um, well, JB, thank you for your time. It, I think we we covered a lot of ground. I'm not in depth, but we sure did jump around and touch on so many issues. And because you write about all these things in your in your books, and I just want to make sure that people we have a lot of newer listeners. Praise God. Um, and they're finding out about us, and so I want to make sure you know that you can, you can check out uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1 and 2. They are packed with well-documented, well-researched information from J.B. Hickson, notbyworks.org. Um, brother, we really appreciate you, your voice, your ministry, and we you're one of the guests I like having on almost monthly and uh, not everybody, we can't do that with everybody because we have a lot of new guests coming on the podcast, but you're one, brother. Thank you for all you do. My pleasure. Thank you, David. You've been a great blessing to the body of Christ and to our ministry in particular, and we appreciate what you're doing as well. Yeah, praise God for you. I'd love to get back out there to Sedalia, uh, nice area, good people. Now, um, I just want to mention, you guys, we have um, a change in the schedule coming up Thursday, and I'm excited about this change. Our guest is going to be Doreen Virtue, and the topic is Jesus Revolution or False Revival. And she asks, she answers this question. Does the popularity of the Jesus Revolution movie, Asbury Revival, The Chosen, and Jesus Calling mean there's a revival with millions being called by the Lord? And so we dive into this, or she's going to dive into this. She just did a video on it. It's fantastic. She talks about, she went and saw Jesus Revolution twice, and she's very familiar with the background. She talks about uh, Jonathan Rumi, the, the star there, who is also the star of The Chosen, and his prayers to Mother Mary and Lonnie Frisbee. If you haven't seen Jesus Revolution, you don't know who Lonnie Frisbee is. But um, true story, but unfortunate as far as Lonnie Frisbee goes. But yeah, we're going to talk about that with Doreen Virtue. Now, Friday, we've got, uh, where am I? J- Jay Siegert. He's going to be on Friday. So um, Wednesday, I'm going backwards now. Pete Garcia will be on the podcast, uh, retired military veteran. Um, he wrote for the Omega Letter for years, and his latest book is called The Disappearing. And tomorrow, Holly Varnum. She is with Reasons for Hope. We've had Carl Kirby on. We have several others from that ministry. But uh, Holly Vardom has a great background, including focus on the family 
and answers in Genesis. So we will speak with Holly tomorrow. Well, friends, thank you again for sharing the podcast and especially for your prayers. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.